The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Robert P. Jones. I'm CEO and founder at PRRI, and I never listened. I doubt it. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 715 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore, joined today by my lovely, talented, scholarly co-host, the one and only, Brittany Page, everybody. It startled me when you said the name of the show, the the new the, name the of new, the show. The new, the new and improved name. Well, it's interesting because the um, Instagram handle and the Twitter handle were actually I Doubt It podcast. We didn't have to make any changes there. And the only thing we had to change as far as naming goes is the Facebook page. Yeah, from I Doubt It with Dollamore, Facebook.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore to I Doubt It podcast. Right. Yeah. And you can actually go look. We put the new logo up there. Well, you're going to see it in your podcatcher, but we made it a new profile picture. And <laughs> I discovered that you can go back and look at all of the oh, different yeah. iterations of the podcast logo. <laughs> uh, not, not great. Not great. Not great. Or, or as, uh, as Donald Trump would say. No, I no you don't. No, no you don't. No. That's a little bit of a spoiler alert. No, that's, you don't. That's that's something to come later in the show. <laughs> Speaking of something to come later in the show. Look at me. I had to beat off I had to beat oh, off God. the phony Mueller report. I had to beat off all this stuff. I had to what beat off you? impeachment. I had to beat off <laughs> Congress, everything else. This is the foot that we're getting started on, really? Hey man. You listen. This it's, is, it's you, a new year. It's supposed to be a new year, new you, right? That's new year, similar me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of the case with the show, too. We we changed the name like we talked about last time. I don't know if you want to talk about, again, why we did that or just tell everyone to go listen. Yeah, well, just very briefly, it's, it's people's internalized um, massage. We're just programmed that because I'm... The more well-known of us, because my dumb face is on YouTube, people attribute awesome shit that you say and do on the show to me. And the only reason I can think of that, other than the aforementioned star fuckery, is, uh, <laughs> is the fact that, that I guess my name's on the show. So uh, we're, we, fuck that. We're changing it. I Doubt It podcast with Jesse Dollimore and Brittany Page. I 
I thought you were going to talk about the cartoon faces that you hated because I thought we figured out last time through through the detective work that that was the the, well you primary you were going through clicking through the iterations of the of the um, the profile picture on the Facebook page yeah yeah you if you want to do it go to the Facebook (laughs) page you haven't liked it already go like it. But it is not great. Well, but, it's kind of nice to start out with the terrible one. Yeah. And then you get to the current one and you're like, wow. This what has an been evolution. A, yeah, really professional and classy. Because the first logo was me solo, my dumb cartoon face. Yeah. With like a jaundiced color and uh, what I've called the dick nose logo. Yeah. Because my nose <laughs> really looks like a set of balls and a, and a dick. Um <laughs> Which maybe is not far off from the truth. I don't know. Doesn't seem that way, but Mm. who knows? Well, it was an artistic rendering. Penises are in the eye of the beholder, Brittany, as the the old adage goes. Yeah. So it has been an evolution. Here we are seven (laughs) years later, or almost seven years later. Yeah. Started in March of 2014. We're not going to go through history again. Yeah. But it is. It it has been quite the evolution, and it's been, it's, it's illustrated, literally illustrated, in logos. Yeah. So, like we said, it is a new year, and this New Year's Eve looked exactly like New Year's Eve's outside of a pandemic for us. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't typically do anything for New Year's Eve, except for watch Anderson and Kathy Griffin. Well, she's fired, so um, <laughs> Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen. And we do love Anderson and Andy, although I will say one thing that I, I don't love that Andy brings to the table is all that housewives stuff and um, pretty much all that housewives stuff. I think Uh, not a fan reality TV nonsense. Well, it's just, it's a lot. And well, well, I kept having to ask, who's that? Yeah. I don't know. What what celebrity is this? Who's given a new year's greeting. I've never heard of this person. Yeah. I don't know who a lot of them are. And so it's tough for me to stay engaged. And he's like the creator or executive producer of those shows. Yeah. So he has to promote it while he's on CNN to a new audience. Yeah. 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 And you actually had a pretty emotional new year's Eve. It, It was something that I think surprised you. Yeah. Because it's not typical for you. Yeah, well, not on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I'm not saying you're not typically emotional. Typically on New Year's Eve, I think you feel more hopeful or optimistic. I thought you were going to say drunk, but... Uh... <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it struck me. It was one of those deals where they kept reflecting on how sad and what a bummer 2020 has been. Right. And that's not normally how those those broadcasts go it's like oh hopeful for the new year we're ringing in the new year party time yeah and they kept cutting back and talking about the different things that are such a fucking bummer and multiple times i asked if we could turn it and and then come back a little later yeah because i really was getting teary and that's not the mood i wanted to be in so yeah we um we well, what ended up happening, which is what happens every year, is we wake up in the morning with all of the text messages from many people wishing us a happy new year on at midnight, right? Because we go to bed <laughs> before midnight. Yeah, we ring in the new year the in next, our dreams the next day via Facebook messages and text messages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely felt weird, but I I don't make New Year's resolutions because I'm always shaping and molding my life guys no that's not right um it's it's i was just gonna let you sit there and languish in the silence it's mostly because i well i've never it's not a thing i've ever done 
I think it's common for a lot of people to set them. Well, I mean, how do you improve perfection, Brittany Page? Right. Really? That's, that's... a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I I am always hopeful, I think, when the new year comes around. I like to reflect back on my achievements from the previous year, think about what I want to be different or what I want to improve upon or do more of. And I think that we're off to a good start with the show of starting off with a name change and logo change. There's not going to be a lot of content change. We did get a request on Twitter to keep Dollamocracy. That was one request that we had in the midst of the name change. I think we are, just for nostalgia's sake. I think we're going to keep it. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. And I think as far as other things go, the pandemic is going to continue. Luckily, I think we've all pretty much acclimated to the state of things as far as not going out. I mean, those of us that like have continued to actually taking it seriously, right? Well, taking it seriously, but also those that are doing like the right thing. Yeah, but if you're not, if you're not acting right, you're not taking it seriously in my mind. Right. But I'm just trying to drive the point home that like people who aren't uh, taking it seriously or like doing the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not doing what's right. That's right. <laughs> so I just hope that's pretty clear. Synonymous to me. Yeah. But yes. Sure. sure. So the pandemic's going to continue. Hopefully the vaccines will, they will improve the rollout. Hopefully. Well, I mean, in 17 <laughs> in days, in 16, 17 days, we'll have Joe Biden as president. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully all of this mess gets unfucked. Yeah, because we are sitting around, when I say we, I mean me and you, are sitting around, like, thinking about the trips that we want to go on. Yeah. (laughs) The vacations that we want to take. And we took this last week off as a little break. It wasn't a break. I needed it. It wasn't a break for me entirely, because I I also have a a job um, outside of this work that I do. So I was working, but as far as doing this, I took time off. And it was really nice. Something that we... We don't do enough of. I think we're both a little workaholic-ish. I, other than when my daughter was going through chemo and I moved 1,100 miles away or however far away it is, we haven't skipped a week of even of any episodes maybe two or three times in seven years. Yeah. It's very rare for us to only do, to, to do zero episodes in a week. And that's, last week, uh, it was pretty needed. Yeah. Also, let me say this, as far as changes are concerned, um, we are going to be over the course of the next two weeks or so moving into a new, brand new podcast and YouTube studio. So there's going to be some changes and maybe some rocky road there relative to scheduling and stuff because of just the time that it takes to turn over and move into a new place. But those... um, there's going to be all good things related to that for sure. So be looking forward to that in the new year. We haven't reached out uh, to the audience to talk about what they are looking forward to this year. Yeah. Um, maybe we should have done this at the end of last year. But, you know, m- getting closer and closer to Joe Biden being president and getting rid of fucking Donald Trump, I think it would be better to wait until the new year, like we're in right now, to put the call out. Are you hopeful? What are you hopeful for? What's your sentiment going forward? We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo or a regular old email to idoubtit 
at dollamore.com. So we got a few gifts in the mail that we would like to talk about for Christmas. Can, can I first read this letter? Sure. Well, I, I mean, we're talking about gifts. And okay, I, let's do the gift. Well, no, I wouldn't call that a gift. I just want to make sure that we're not going to call this a gift. Well, it's a photo. It's a photo that he printed on photo paper. Sure. With an illustration of, I guess, a, um, a human with th- their head all the way between their knees behind them and then their head inserted into their asshole. <laughs> and then it says, your problem is obvious. Yeah. And then it was it came with this letter. Well, you know it's you know this is going to a really uh, positive and yes. endearing place. I mean, that's just my assumption. I, I don't know if I'm correct, but here we go. Well, and also listen, he 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 signed the letter. He has it's on his letterhead. So I'm just going <laughs> to read the corresponding information. Oh, okay, very official. It's from Kent H Blackledge, the second MS PhD. Oh. So he really wants you to know the the letters mm-hmm. after his name, his education yes. that he purports to have. Yeah. Dated 12-21-2020. Jesse, just heard one of your podcasts where you are ranting about President Donald Trump. My thought, just what in the hell is the matter with this guy? The evidence of election fraud is everywhere. Oh. But the nuts that call themselves quote-unquote progressives are too damned dumb to see it or do not want to. By the way, there is no, there's no list of evidence or any description of any evidence whatsoever. It's just the claim. Yeah. Of course. Then I see where you live, California. Uh-oh. <laughs> the land of Pelosi and communist terrorists mm. and more. Yeah. Man, you are really screwed up. I have included a small card... And that explains your problem. Please post it close by Hmm. to remind you of your issue. Regards, Kent H. Blackledge, Ph.D. Interesting. (laughs) Well, he obviously hasn't listened to this podcast very often or very much because he would know that we're not big fans of, I especially am not a big fan of Nancy Pelosi, nor Kamala Harris. I've had all kinds of criticisms. For our vice president-elect. Also, we don't love California either. So, I mean, you're really you're really missing the mark here in terms of trying to hurt our feelings. Yeah, we're, look, we're looking to be moving out of the state within a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, uh, Dr. Blackledge. Did you Google him to see what his PhD is in? Actually, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that. Yeah. Little concern for the, the thoughts of a... A rambling buffoon. Well, if if you're wondering, listeners, uh, if this is common for haters to take time out of their day to type up letters and, and send hate mail, the answer is yes. And Very weird. It's just not always as fun as this one. So we wanted to give you a little taste. But yes, we do get concerned sometimes that there may be anthrax in them. Anthrax. So we uh, we open it with caution. We have a we have a dedicated mail opener, just like kings used to have test, sure. taste testers <laughs> to make sure it's not poison. Yeah, we're like, hey, would you? Uh, is this somebody on the street? Would you open this up for me? And no reason, just open this. We're always a little nervous about it. We we have had people send us like homemade food items, and that's always a little risky. Well, we always we've just said don't do that because we're not eating that. Right, unless we know the person, um, then 
you know, yeah, we yeah. can make a deal, I think, sometimes. Well, remember but... we had the, the, the thumb drive sent to us? Like, we're going to fucking stick that in our computer? Yeah, someone no sent thanks. us a thumb drive. That was never explained, by the way. So that was for sure a hater trying to ruin our lives. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, Guaranteed. we fucking threw that thing right away. Because we tried desperately to get someone to explain that to us, <laughs> and no one came forward with an explanation. So... Rather terrifying. You gotta be careful, man. Okay, so let's so talk. Gifts. Let's talk about the actual gifts this time of people taking time out of their day to be kind to us. Yeah. And so we got a a gift from Mindy D, and she wrote, "Merry Festivus, Jesse and Brittany and Popeye. You're all the best part. A silent but faithful listener." And she sent us a book. It's the quotable asshole. More than twelve hundred bitter barbs, cutting comments, and caustic comebacks. So, oh, for for aspiring and armchair assholes alike. Sorry, it continued. It's a uh, quite a long title, but very fantastic, Jesse. I think this is right up your alley. Yeah. Are you calling me an asshole? No, I'm saying wow. that you could be better. What at. Being the an fuck? asshole, I guess. Unbelievable. So, thank you, Thank Mindy you very D. much. We really appreciate that. We also got a- another gift from Marcus. Fucking awkward. And Marcus wrote, Jesse and Brittany, happy Festivus. Please- a lot of Festivus love. <laughs> a lot of, of, of fucking Seinfeld listeners. Please enjoy this copy of The Founding Myth, signed by the author. The theocrats are wrong, and they are dangerous. Marcus. And it's I- Andrew Seidel's book. Yes. So I think that's how to say his name. I think so, too. So we haven't read this, actually. So this is great. It's Why Christian Nationalism is Un-American. That's the subtitle. Kind of a, goes hand in hand with uh, White Too Long, um, our, the guest that we had on, Robert P. Jones from the Public Re- Religion Research Institute. Right. Andrew Seidel is actually a notable atheist, and I think the general counsel for Freedom From Religion Institute. Hmm. So... Maybe we'll read the book and, and get him on the show. Yeah, talk well, about we're it. definitely going to read the book. That's not a maybe, but maybe well, get him on the Well, it was hand show. in hand to get him on the show. Well, one thing we're excited about is, and hopefully this isn't revealing too much, but the, the studio is going to be in Katie Porter's district, which is something that we're really excited about. And we're that's one of our goals for 2021 as well, is to talk to Katie Porter. I mean, we have some clout. We were the best podcast in Orange County. Best local podcast in all of Orange County, California. As voted on by readers of um, the OC Weekly. OC Weekly. Which, which is shut down. Which, Don't worry about that part. Which the month after that that issue. <laughs> Yeah. Went out of business. So, I, you know, who knows? Things didn't work out. We stood the test of time. The OC Weekly did not. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I hope everybody there found jobs. I'm, I'm just talking to... Yeah, that's, you're right. I'm, just, I'm highlighting the important part wow. while you're over there. I know. Gloating. Yeah. Goddamn. What a piece <laughs> of shit I am. All right. Let's get to some voicemails unless there's anything else. Brittany Page? I think that's all. I think we covered all the gifts. The gifts? Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. We appreciate all very much. It's um, it's a humbling thing to have people who not only think enough to to send you some shitty mail, sure, but also to send you gifts because they they're thinking of you. That's yeah, a beautiful thing. Well, and just so everyone knows, everything we've been sent becomes a feature in the studio. So we have shelves up, and we have kept all of the booze bottles that we've been sent. We keep all of the like figurines people send us. Anything that is sent to us, except for this like asshole 
thing in the the head up the ass. Um, that that won't be featured. Probably not. That won't be up on the shelf. This asshole thing. This head up the ass. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Let's get to some listener uh, voicemails. Uh, all right. Hey guys, it's Andy in Oklahoma, and I just had a little fun, I guess, side note. Not not anything important or anything, but I just thought maybe it's a sign of the times. It just kind of was fun. I, I just kind of enjoyed it. So for the past three years, maybe two years, I don't know, a long time. I, I It's been so long since I have not seen this thing. Uh, on my way to work, a few blocks from my house, there was this little... Because again, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma where... <laughs> You know, it's a everybody Trump idiots. But anyway, uh, there was this little building. It has like four little apartments in it. And in one of the windows was a flag that said Trump 2020, no more bullshit. Which, I mean, I, I mean, the, the physical manifestation of irony rolled its eyes into oblivion when it sees that. But um, it's been there forever. And I've just oh, every I, I just roll my eyes every time I, I go uh, drive by it. And it was their Friday, so because I went in to work on New Year's Day, and I just happened to head by there today, and today's Sunday, and it's gone. That flag is no longer there. And it, at first, I kind of did a double take because I was like, "Wait, wait, what? Like, what is happening?" And I just the more I think about it, the more I'm like, "That is the guy, right? That if anybody was going to be a you know ride or die Trump person." It would be that guy. And I figured I would just, it would be there forever. He would just have always said that Trump won 2020 and blah, blah, blah. And so the fact that it's gone, really, it's one of those things like it doesn't mean anything necessarily, but it just, I don't know, made me feel good that maybe, maybe things are changing. You know, maybe he was embarrassed now to, and of course, maybe I've read too much into it. Maybe it got dirty or something. I don't know. Maybe he's washing it and it'll be up tomorrow. But, I, I hope it's a sign of the times. I hope things are changing. So um, here's to hoping, of course, at this moment, they have not caused all the chaos because it's not the sixth yet uh, in Congress. And we don't know what's happening in Georgia yet because that's a couple days away. So here's to hoping that uh, the world doesn't burn. Okay, bye. That is a, that's just a beautiful hope, Andy. We're, I think we're on the same page with We're you. really fucking shooting for the stars here. <laughs> By hoping that uh, everything doesn't burn to the ground. Sure. I have been, we actually just saw the other day a, a house that we regularly drive by that has always had a Trump flag flying. They took it down. And we had the same thought as Andy of, is this them giving up? Is that like, what's the meaning of this? I I didn't go where Andy went. Is the flag dirty? Could they be washing it? Is it being laundered? He's just giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> sure, um, but I have I have noticed at least one flag in my area come down. Well, no, actually two. Now that I'm thinking of it, two have come down. There 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 are also other houses. Um, I've seen that very same no more bullshit flag. I've seen that same fucking flag. Have you? But there is a house. Um, Around where we live in the neighborhood, I guess, mm-hmm. that the guy has like six different flags. Mm, yeah. And he put up a new one, which is vote red. But there's still a Trump flag or two out there. Mm-hmm. And he's my litmus test. Like, oh, you know, that- Andy is he's like, oh, this is if there was anybody, this guy was going to leave him up. That guy over there 
with the high walls and the compound. It's like a compound. It's very weird. Yeah. And there's a don't tread on me flag. Oh, of course. There's there a is. Blue Lives Matter flag. There's a Blue Lives Matter flag in addition to the Blue Lives Matter flag that has a green stripe and a red stripe as well. Along with the... The, the blue, blue stripe. stripe. Yeah. Um, well, what is that one? Is that like first responders or something? I'm not sure, but I, I think he may have 10 flags outside of it. And it really is like a compound. You can't see the house because it's covered up by a fence, which seems to be... If we're taking odds, that guy's got like decades worth of of, of newspapers with like dead cats and stuff under it, right? In the house. I'm. If we're, ta- if we're playing the odds. It's a nice fence. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have that much hope. So I would assume it's a nice house, but I, I don't know. But it, <laughs> I'd like to see who lives there. I'm very interested in it. And I don't know. It's a lot of flags. We, we just... should canvas for the Republican Party and then go up to the door. <laughs> I don't want to go in there. There's there's guaranteed there's no mask wearing. Speaking of anthrax. They're throwing New Year's Eve parties in secret. Blech. It's for sure. You know that's happening in Orange County, right? Yes. There were like, and, and yes. in LA County, they did raids on these secret New Year's Eve parties that were happening and people got arrested. Super secret that the cops knew about it. Well, Ugh. they were announcing it on social media. Well, yeah, they're sites. idiots. They're trying to make money. I, anyway. Well, they have flyers yeah. for the... It's right. eventually going to get out. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So anyway, Andy, thank you very much. Uh, we'd love to know, everybody. By the way, this is... Andy is ringing a little hopeful. Yeah, for sure. Preemptively, he sent in answering what uh, we're asking of the audience. Mm-hmm. Good times. All right. Next up, Carissa. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Carissa. Um... I have two things. Um, the You guys changing the name of the show to just I doubt it. I think when I first called in, when you guys you guys have that drop of me saying that Brittany's the best part, I think like I was having a bad day at work, and I just felt like maybe you were being a little bit too much, Jesse. How so fucking dare you? My girl. So that's why I think, if I remember correctly, but, you know, getting older. Um, but anyway, so my husband texted me the Washington Post article about the Trump thing, but I didn't get to the, the tapes uh, with Raffensperger. And uh, so I didn't get to start reading the story till I got home. And he's like, my husband, he couldn't wait to start telling me about it. He goes, going on and on. And he's like, oh, it's like, you know, one of your, you know, I'm sure one of your friends on the YouTube will talk about it. He's so old. Um, <laughs> and so I turn on the YouTubes and who's my first and recommended? Jesse, your your thing about the tapes in Georgia. I didn't watch it yet, so but I'm sure it's good. Ah, what the fuck? <laughs> Thanks for being my first source of news on this. Brittany's the best part. Bye. The Love first Brittany's the best part. The first Bye. source of news that she fucking ignores. Thanks a lot, Carissa. Well, God said, damn. She said she's gonna get to it. Well, there's a lot of shit I'm going to get to that I'm never going to get to. Well, here's one of my favorite things. And it's interesting doing the podcast because new listeners come on board all the time and they haven't listened the whole time. So, like, they're just coming on board and trying to figure out what the meaning of some of the things that we do really is. Do you mean, like, what's the meaning of this? Exactly. Like, outrage? Yeah. Or, like, oh, I wonder what that means. Uh, Probably both <laughs> at times, depending on what yeah. we're talking about. That's That's fair. But I specifically with the Britney's the best part thing, Carissa, you can tell Britney's the best part. The difference in her tone in the drop versus the difference in her tone with the voicemail just (laughs) now. That's true. And I think she was having a bad day, if I remember the call correctly. Um, But people will take it very seriously when uh, people say I'm the best part. 
it's just a thing that has become a thing on the show because of Carissa. It's not really serious. It, we're not expecting people to take sides. No, we're That's... not expecting people to take sides. <laughs> and people will be like, no, Jesse is the best part for these reasons. No, Brittany's the best part for these reasons. Guys, it's okay. We <laughs> love everybody. It's all good. We don't need to do it. It's just a well, fun time for everybody. It's just I've, flippant, I've, and I've... we can all have an enjoyable drop. I, I talk about it more regularly on on uh, the uh, on the YouTube that I'm not for everybody and that's okay. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, it is it is something we talk about in our personal lives that there are people just I don't mesh with them. They don't like me. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm an abrasive fucking guy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and we a lot of people who are YouTube viewers they come over and they listen to the show and um, they're not a fan of the language. Right. I I say the word fuck more often than than I don't think regular people because everybody I know talks like me except for you on the show <laughs> because you've got another job you've got to worry about. Sure. Well, I I share that sentiment and I actually was just talking to someone about this recently and I I remember being a kid and taking one of those bogus personality tests that are like the equivalent of a BuzzFeed quiz that tell you like which Harry Potter food item you are or something. Which droid in Star Wars are you? Sure. (laughs) And there was one that that told you what personality color you were. It was yellow, um, white, blue, and red. And and I I would always get red and I always wanted to be yellow. Because yellow was like the carefree social butterfly, no, that... like was could blend in with everybody yeah. and make friends anywhere they went. And red was like a dominant leader. And I was like, I want to be like the one who's... Well, like... that would make me orange because I'm right in between those two things. Well, then blue was like super emotional. Don't make any fucking empathetic. hair jokes. No hair jokes either. And then it was weird. This is kind of the inconsistency here is white was like... A hippie, like someone who was really concerned about the environment. White? And yeah, it had nothing to do with the other traits. Like there was no discernible trait. It was just you care about the environment. I don't know. Anyway, that that was a great personality test. You're you're definitely red though. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. And I remember thinking, I I don't I don't want to be red. I want to be this other thing. And then you just have to accept that you are what you are. You're red. You know? That personality test knew. It, very scientific. <laughs> Highly scientific personality <laughs> test. Yeah, just like a BuzzFeed quiz. Absolutely. They're all useful in some way. So you think you're abrasive, though? I can be abrasive, yeah. Yeah. And and it's only because I'm a, I think I'm a fairly honest guy. I mean, I'm empathetic and I care for people and I don't want to, to hurt their feelings. Um, and even you've told me it's something I'm really working on right now. I mean, if there is a, a 2021 uh, resolution, it is me not realizing I'm being a dick and trying to not be a dick. Mm-hmm. Or you, well, let me rephrase. We were, we were somewhere recently and I was interacting with someone who was in a service capacity. And I got the vibe right away because I just sense that you're awkward, not feeling great about how I'm being. <laughs> And oh God! There was like some time where the, the the person had to go away and do something or check on something, and I'm like, "Is everything? Am I being okay?" And you're like, "No, you're no, you're it's you're being very aggressive." I'm like, "Fuck!" I, especially to service people, I don't want to be aggressive mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm that is something I'm working on a lot this year, 
is to not make people feel uncomfortable when I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, sometimes it comes across like that. And um, there's room for improvement for me. Well, let me just say, because now I feel like you're giving the impression that you are not great to service people, which is not true at all. What happened in this particular situation was there was an issue with, like, she kept hearing you incorrectly, and so you were getting frustrated and impatient. And I think that's where it really comes in, is the patience is is the, the mm. issue there. And uh, Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that's a better way for me to understand it. Yeah, because you were kind of painting it like, I need to be better about this situation. Here's here's how to describe it with service people. Yeah, it's and not you're like great. I would be an asshole to a server at a restaurant. No, no, no. You're great with that. But if something is like not me. Meaning- I'm over the top. Like, I'm like, oh, no, no, we'll clear the table. No, you need me to get coffee at that other table? We'll do that. I'm, I got that. Don't worry about it. Just take a, take a load off. Sit down. Have a drink. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But if... If something is not going how it should or is taking too long, that's when you can start to get a little mm. irritable, I would yeah. say. Anyway, like I said. A little short. For sure, I need to get my shit together and be a better person in that way because it's not it's not their fucking problem. It, that's my problem. Well, and we all have those things. We all have those little yeah, moments. Yeah, but I'm not talking where... about everybody. I'm talking about... I see what you're doing here, that you're worried that people are really coming, like going to be like, ugh, fucking Jesse. I'm just being Listen, open. I don't think anyone's even listening now because we lost our entire <laughs> listenership with what you just said. <laughs> no, no one's going to be able to find the show because of the new logo, right. probably. <laughs> so anyway, sure. yes, I have shit that I need to work on, and I'm open and honest with the audience. I like to talk about it. Yeah. Good fucking times. Did that service person survive that interaction? I don't remember. Did you? Well, listen, <laughs> when I s- she says what your email is, and I tell her my email, she already has my name. Okay. And I say it, and then I say, my, it's my first name at my last name dot com, and it takes five minutes to get the email. It's just, come on, man. Come on. It's not like I don't articulate when I speak. See, now, see, now you work me up again. Yeah, I brought it all back. Ugh. Anyway, we're going to move on, and because we did change the name of the show, because we did change the logo, and we moved into different territory, I don't yet have a Patreon mid-roll. So this is the time we're going to talk about Patreon and ask you to support the show. There are several different ways you can support the show, but the main way that we really would appreciate is if you'd go to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast and look at the different tiers for as little as $2 a month. You can sign up and support the show, help produce the show, help move the conversation forward twice weekly. Right here. Well, and don't forget, if you become a Patreon supporter, let's just say in the month of January, mm. um, or if Perfect. or if you had been a Patreon supporter before, you will be getting a sticker of the logo that was drawn by Sarah in Connecticut. Yes. Now we talked about this logo, and we actually put it on Instagram, on the Facebook page, on Twitter. This is not the new logo that you're seeing in your podcatcher. This was just something that Sarah from Connecticut gave to us as a gift this beautiful drawing that she created unreasonably talented <laughs> very talented and we actually wanted to give her a shout out because she has an etsy shop yeah and her etsy shop is legendary loot box that's legendary l-o-o-t-b-o-x let me say it since i do articulate so well when reading my email address 
perfect. It is legendary loot box. Yes. And then also a on Etsy. A Twitch channel, which is wait underscore wait underscore what. Oh, perfect. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. And we put both of those links in the Instagram post, in the Twitter post, and in the Facebook post. And we will put it in the show notes. You know, that's a podcast thing that you do. Oh, well, I thought they could just go search the internet for it in those various posts. <laughs> I thought that was the... Is that not the way to well, do it? Well, it's there, but we'll put it in the show notes. Because we were supposed to do this last time. We wanted to do this last time. And I fucking sidetracked us somehow. Yeah, we failed miserably. So you're also going to get a sticker of the new logo. So if you become a Patreon supporter, let me just kind of remind everybody since that was a a long spiel. If you become a Patreon supporter by the end of January, or if you are already a Patreon supporter, you are going to get the beautiful sticker created by Sarah in Connecticut. That includes Popeye. As well as the sticker of the new logo. So that's a, a special that we're running on our Patreon. <laughs> special. So be sure to get your address updated. If you're a current Patreon supporter, go in there and update your address. You have until uh, the end of January, I guess, is the is the mark that we're setting there. And because we haven't gotten the stickers yet, there's a slow. Yeah, I would say within a week. So update your address. You have until, let's say, the 15th of January to update your address because we want to start getting those out. But if you become a Patreon supporter by the end of January, you'll still be in the running for all of this. As always, we love you guys. Thank you for your support. It, it is a beautiful thing. We love the community that is built up around this show. And we are going to move on. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, as Carissa already mentioned, Donald Trump had a conversation on Saturday with Secretary of State uh, uh, Brad Raffensperger. I almost called him Brett. And on this call, it was very reminiscent of a particular call that he had with Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine. And by the Ukraine, I mean Ukraine. Tell him a child of the 80s. Because that's what they called it, Brittany. Mm. Was the Ukraine. Like the Ohio State University. Uh, I refuse to call it that. But yes, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And in this call, an hour-long call, which now all of the audio has been uh, has been released by the Washington Post. If you want to do that to yourself. You know, we're, we've listened to almost all of it. Yeah. What we have here are eight clips Some are 16 seconds. I think the longest one is like a minute long. And we're just going to break this down and talk about this particular call because, like I said on YouTube, maybe a million times because it was very unscripted. I didn't really even follow notes. I just played the clips. Uh, It's a remarkable fucking moment from the president of the United States of America who is intimidating and threatening a state secretary of state to fabricate votes, to conjure votes, to fraudulently create votes in order that Donald Trump win the state of Georgia. Well, and throughout the call, he was in and out of threatening, begging, attempts at flattery. There there was for sure all of that. It it was, it's just, it's Donald Trump. It's exactly, people think, oh, he's a different person at his rallies than he is here. No, he's the same person all the time. And this is, imagine 
what it has been like for him the past four years trying to be a diplomat with the brain that he has. I mean, what a miserable time for this guy. I, I don't know how he fucking crosses the goddamn street with the brain that he has. It's, he's desperate to hold on to this office, but really, is he enjoying this? I mean, he just wants to be president. He wants to have the power, but there's no way this is a good time for him. He's running strictly on instinct, Donald Trump. It's a nightmare. It, he just is um, lacking cognitive ability. He, he is not a smart guy. It, it is... I mean, it, it's remarkable, and it's just, it blows my mind, but it's dangerous to have someone as a head of, it's bad enough when you get a guy like folksy, quote-unquote, George W. Bush, but this is a whole never, another level of not being able to string thoughts together, together, Jesus, th- to string thoughts together and uh, and think logically. Well, I have a question for you, because this is kind of what's floating around right now, is people trying to determine if... Donald Trump actually believes what he's saying on this call or or what? Because really the point is he's trying to convince the Georgia Secretary of State that there was fraud and that he actually won the election by a lot. And the, the evidence is there in the rally attendance, he says. <laughs> um, Which so, is the first clip, by the way. So does he actually believe what he's saying? Hmm. Does he actually believe that he won and he's the rightful winner of the election and that this has been stolen from him? I don't know, but my best guess would be this. And it goes back to how stupid he is. And I don't mean that as like, um, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a dumb guy. I mean, just not not smart that he's so dumb that he's able to convince himself of things after a certain amount of time. It's like he has the memory of a goldfish and he gets it. He's like, oh, no, this isn't true. And then just by repetition, he's able to convince himself of something that's not true, which, by the way, doesn't um, extricate himself from culpability or guilt. He's he's wrong. He's trying to influence an election, a free and fair election by fraudulent means. U.S. Code outlines this, that it is. And I'll read it later. I'll read it. I, I, who cares what I think about it? Uh, what do you think? Well, uh, or do you think that he's he really believes it? Or is it just him convincing himself? Or some other thing? Well, I think it comes down to ego protection. And that's pretty much what it always comes back to for Donald Trump. He feels terribly about himself. He's always lashing out because he feels terribly about himself. And I think he will do anything to protect his ego. So do I believe that he believes he's the rightful winner of the election? I don't know. But I think that he can't allow himself to believe that he lost because what a tremendous rejection that he would have to feel if he were to admit that to himself, that he lost, Yeah, yeah. that he was rejected, that he's not well-liked, that he's not respected, that people don't find him intelligent or funny, or interesting. I mean, he has to protect himself from those things because he knows they're true. Or worthy. Yeah, not of worthy. Of the presidency or whatever matter. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's incapable of being in this role. Uh, those are painful things to realize and and would be hurtful to his ego. So I think it's it's all him just trying to protect his ego. That's, that's hmm. what it comes down to, I think. For yeah, the I, I think that certainly plays a role. Yeah. Ugh. But who knows? To be that crippled, I I can't. I really, I can't even fathom it. And and, and listen, like I said, 
it's dangerous to have someone in this role who behaves like this, who believes like this, who is this fragile, who is this brittle of a personality. Well, and it was always apparent. So yes. apparently he fooled a lot of people, though. Yeah, well. And still. Other people who are also ill-equipped. Anyway, let's get to the call here. This starts with Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, kind of setting up the call, and then Donald Trump launching into his chief among them excuses as to why he doesn't believe he lost the election, which is uh, just a beauty in and of itself. Mr. President, everybody is on the line, and just so this is Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, just so we all are aware um, uh, on the line is Secretary of State uh, and uh, two other individuals, uh, Jordan and Mr. Germany. Uh, with him, you also have uh, the attorneys that represent uh, the President, uh, Kurt and Alex, and Cleta Mitchell, uh, who is not the attorney of record but uh, has been involved, myself, and then uh, the President. So, Mr. President, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Okay, thank you very much. Hello, Brad and Ryan and everybody. We appreciate the time and the call. Um, so we've spent a lot of time on this, and uh, if we could just go over some of the numbers, I think it's pretty clear that we won. We won very substantially, uh, Georgia. Uh, you even see it by rally size, frankly. We'd be getting 25,000, 30,000 people a rally, and uh, the competition would get less than 100 people, and it never made sense. <laughs> Again, it all comes down to optics. I mean, this is like a false metric. Uh, elections are not based on how many people yeah. that come out to your rallies. In fact, how many people that go- went to his rally voted? I- I'd love to see data on that. I would love to see how many of those people registered to vote and went out and actually voted. Well, let's let's put it this way. We'll, we'll use it on, from a Democratic standpoint. If that were the metric, Bernie Sanders would have smashed Hillary Clinton in 2016 in the primaries Mm. because Hillary Clinton was doing small gatherings in states that didn't really end up mattering. And uh, Bernie Sanders was pulling in 30, 40,000 people at a time in giant arenas and stuff because of the passionate following he had. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, if that was a, 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 a logical thing, People would be objecting. Mm-hmm. What? Bernie Sanders clearly won. I mean, there might be people out there who do believe that in the cult of Bernie Sanders. But that's not a logical thing to conclude based on just that. Right. And then you also have the element where Donald Trump had convinced his following that mail-in ballots were not an effective way to vote. Absolutely. Completely un- un- untalked about. It's one of those things that's been ignored is one of the reasons that all of those Biden votes that were that were mail-in ballots, the, the reason they went for to, to, to Joe Biden is because Donald Trump implicit, explicitly, not implicitly, Donald Trump explicitly told his voters that was a fraudulent way to vote. He maligned the process. So why would anybody think that there would be an overwhelming number of mail-in ballots for him? Mm-hmm. He, he fucked himself. He shot himself and the party in the foot in many ways this election. And he's continuing to do so because the special election in Georgia is on Tuesday. Yeah. And in this call, in the last clip you're going to hear, he talks about, and listen, a lot of people aren't going to vote now, threatening him. 
because of what they did to the president. That's right. He says about himself. Before we get there, though, let's move on. We have won this election in Georgia based on all of this. And there's there's nothing wrong with with saying that, Brad. You know, I mean, having the having a correct the people of Georgia are angry. And these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night, along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantial even. And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. So there's nothing wrong with saying that you miscalculated. He's giving no, that him you, that you recalculated. Oh, I thought that he said miscalculated, meaning mm-hmm. that um, meaning that the previous if he were to come out and and say there were new numbers, that that would mean that they miscalculated. And that here's the new number. No, nah, no, he's he's the word is recalculated, which is even worse, even worse. That's given some somehow some way out of the out of the blue. He's recalculating the numbers and coming up with votes that didn't exist. That's a problem. That is anti-democratic. That is, this is an authoritarian speaking. This is someone who wants to hold power no matter what and wants to keep Democrats out of power. Yeah, and he's, I, I so even though I messed up the the word, which I'm happy you corrected me because I don't want to be wrong, Um the point there is that he's still he's giving him the language to use. He he's giving him language oh, to use. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's not even something I've talked about. And I I think that that's something that is really concerning about all this. And now you're seeing people like Ted Cruz start to talk about election fraud. People that have been like mainstream Republicans, he ran for president. Right. And generally respected within the party, now behaving in a way that like the so-called fringe of the party has been behaving, right? Now, remember Ted Cruz at the 2016 DN, uh, RNC got up there and got booed off the stage because he was telling people in coded language to vote for the person who most uh, represents the Republican ideals. And they were boo, 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 get out of here, fuck you. And now here he is, back in Donald Trump's play, willing to do something that is so unconstitutional and anti-democratic that he's, any credibility that he did have, which was very little, is just gone. Yeah, and so that goes to what were you, t- you were talking about, about they don't want Democrats to be in power. Anything that they can do, it, they do not believe Democrats should be in power or governing. That's and it. even if that means um, chipping away and tearing down at the fabric of our very form of government. Mm-hmm. All right. Next clip. Now, do you think it's possible that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton <laughs> County? Because that's what the rumor is. Oh my and God. also that Dominion took out machines. Uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their uh, machinery. Do you know anything about that? Because that's illegal. This is Ryan Germany. No, Dominion has not um, moved any machinery out of Fulton County. We're having. Well, but no, but, but have they moved? Have they have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. <laughs> you sure? Oh my God, Ryan. I'm sure. Are you, are you sure, Ryan? Now think about your answer, Ryan. 
Think about it. And and are you sure? Ryan Germany is the attorney. He serves as general counsel to Brad Raffensperger. And can you imagine what it's like to be in that position? You're on the phone with the president of the United States. You're on the phone with the guy you likely voted for. And you're having to treat him with kid gloves in this way because you know what he's saying isn't true. And you're just wanting to be like, dude, honestly, yeah, what are we doing here? But you have to treat him with respect. Yeah. And I mean, it has to be a difficult. An unenviable position. Yeah. It's something I would not want to deal with at all. But they go into, well, okay, so you want to talk about Dominion? You want to talk about the machines? Well, that's why we hand counted and then compared our hand count to the machine count. Which was virtually identical. <laughs> like they're having to explain to him what the process is. There were several moments where not where like when... Uh, uh, Mark Meadows says, well, she's not the attorney on record, but she, you know, she's been involved for a long time. Some attorney, she jumps in and starts talking and trying to back up Donald Trump's point. And then he goes even crazier and says something. And he's like, well, she goes, well, I don't know about that. He goes, well, I do. I know about that. Yeah. It's just, it, it is the pro. Listen, he has the bully pulpit of the presidency and these are Republicans all on the call. Everybody's a Republican. Like I said, most people probably vote. The vast majority of these people voted for Donald Trump. They wanted him to win. It's just the fact is he didn't. And it is tough when you're a uh, general counsel for the secretary of state of the state of Georgia and you're talking and then the president railroads you. You have no choice but to just shut the fuck up (laughs) and listen over the course of this one hour call or hour and six minutes or whatever it is. This happens and Donald Trump shuts them down and they try their best to defend themselves with the facts and it doesn't matter. Everything is rumor this, conspiracy this. I right. mean, he's he's talking about what his feelings are. I just feel like it didn't happen. There's no way that it happened. He's he's not relying on the facts like these guys are. Yeah. Ugh. Next clip. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have. You don't have. Not even close. Oh my you god! Got, you're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. That's the other thing. It, earlier in the clip, he's talking about the fact that he won by over a hundred and ten thousand votes in the state of Georgia, when he lost by eleven thousand seven hundred ninety-nine votes, and or seven seven thousand eleven thousand seven hundred seventy-nine votes. Because in the clip you're getting ready to, to hear, other than this one. No, I, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. Other than that, you're going to hear him say, I need you to find 11,780 votes because that's one more than we need. That's mm-hmm. one more than we got is what he said. But what he's talking about is, look, I don't care where you get them, make them up, conjure them, wh- whatever. We, we don't care that this is fraud. I need that this particular number that just so happens to be one vote more than Joe Biden won by. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I no you don't. No, no, you know. You know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a you know, that's a criminal that's a criminal offense. And and you know, you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk. To you and to Ryan, your lawyers, that's a big risk. 
But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. There's two things here that are happening that are fucking insane. One, he's threatening them in really not even a subtle way with criminal prosecution for doing their jobs and following the law. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is a crime. And I'm notify I'm hereby notifying you in an official capacity as as the president of the United States and adjacent to the to the chief law enforcement officer of the country. Mm-hmm. I'm informing you that you're breaking the law. Well, the next step would be criminal charges. The other thing is he's entering into a conspiracy here or trying to lure them in to a conspiracy to drum up the exact number of votes that he needs to win the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. These are the death throes. I don't know if you can hear them. Uh, the death throes of maybe our entire republic. <laughs> I mean, our country's in goddamn tatters. Our norms are in tatters. Well, what's, what is, I mean, what's, what's remarkable about this is the reaction to it. And there's this clear, I mean, all of the pundits are saying it tonight. What 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 can you do? What are we supposed to do about this? What can be done to Donald Trump at this point? We can wait it out. I guess that's it. Uh, it's 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 the third. We've got till the twentieth. We got seventeen days. I guess we wait it out, right? Well, there's a Democratic lawmaker that is going to seek censure mm-hmm. of Trump, which is uh, I'm sure very meaningful no, to everybody. <laughs> and there's been talk of impeach him again. Yeah. People have been saying. I would advocate that. I mean, it would be it would it would be a distraction. It would take Congress's eye off the ball relative to COVID relief and all these other things. Listen, my prediction, and no one's asking for it, but my prediction is he's gonna try to self-pardon. Something's gonna happen here, especially after this, because he clearly flagrantly broke the fucking law. Here, I'll read it. 52 U.S. Code section 2511. A person including an elected official who in any election for federal office knowingly and willfully intimidates, threatens, or coerces, or attempts to intimidate, threaten, or coerce any person for the procurement, casting, or tabulation of ballots that are known by the person to be materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent under the law of the state in which the election is held, shall be, shall be, shall be fined in accordance with Title 18 or imprisoned not more than five years or both. This is violation of federal law. This is not an ethics violation. It's not just, oh, that's not very, that's not very upright. That's conduct unbecoming a president. (laughs) This is a fucking felony that he's committing that we're all listening to. And just because we're used to listening to Donald Trump commit felonies on the phone doesn't mean we shouldn't remain fucking outraged by it. Well, and the scary thing for me is the planned protest in D.C. on January 6th that Donald Trump is actually using his Twitter account to promote. 
Yeah. And it's going to be the the Proud Boys. I mean, it's going to be a nightmare. And the the text promoting it is March for Trump. The protests are being touted as, quote, the biggest event in Washington, D.C. history. And the intent is that participants are demanding that Congress overturn the election results in swing states. And you have Donald Trump promoting this. He's promoting it. Yeah. And how many people are going to hear this audio and just not care? Millions. Millions of people. Because in Donald Trump's mind, unless he won every all 50 states, it doesn't count. They're not asking for a recount in Texas or in Idaho or in Montana or in Wyoming or North Dakota or South Dakota, Utah. They're asking for recounts where Donald Trump lost. This is something we've said all along. And it doesn't matter to these yo-yos that are going to go out there in D.C. and, and, and burn Black Lives Matter flags hanging in black churches. Donald Trump doesn't care. He is going to incite violence. He's going to incite lawlessness and he's going to do nothing. There's not going to be protesters um, tear gassed who are supporting. They're not going to be proud boys tear gassed by the justice department like there was this summer. Mm -hmm. Well, you also have the proud boys chairman announcing this week that they're going to be attending the events incognito. They posted on Parler and said that they are not going to be wearing their traditional black and yellow, that they're going to be incognito and will spread across downtown D.C. in smaller teams. So sounds sounds very fantastic. And Donald Trump is promoting it. Right. All right. Moving on. So so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? Uh, we won the election and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. Not fair! And it's going to be very costly in many ways. And... I think you have to say that you're going to re-examine it, and you can re-examine it, but, but re-examine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers. Uh, for instance, I'm hearing Ryan, and he's probably, I'm sure, a great lawyer and everything, but he's making statements about those ballots that he doesn't know. But he's making them with such, he, he did make them with surety, but now I think he's less sure, because the answer is they all went to Biden. And that alone wins us the election by a lot. You know, so. Mr. President, uh, you have people that submit information, and we have our people that submit information, and then it comes before the court, and the court then has to make a determination. We have to stand by our numbers. We believe our numbers are right. Throughout this entire call, he's using his typical car salesman tactics as well. Yeah. Trying to convince people that they don't actually know what they're saying, that they should know better. He's, he In this call, he's, he's predicting that Ryan Germany, who's been speaking on this entire call, has changed his mind. Yeah. He was speaking very sure, but uh, I'm sure he's not that sure anymore because, you know, I've laid out a really ironclad case. Right. <laughs> God damn. It's, yeah, remarkable. All right. Last clip, and then uh, I'm going to pass out. Well, under law, you're not allowed to give faulty election results, okay? You're not allowed to do that, and that's what you've done. This is a faulty election result. And honestly, this should go very fast. You should meet tomorrow because you have a big election election coming up, and because of what you've done to the president, you know, the people of, of uh, Georgia know that this was a scam, and because of what you've done to the president, a lot of people aren't going out to vote. 
And a lot of Republicans are going to vote negative because they hate what you did to the president. Okay? They hate it. And they're going to vote. And if you would be respected, if really respected, if this thing could be straightened out before the election. You have a big election coming up on Tuesday. How much? That's projection, right? Yeah. Yes. Like you Listen, you... People will love you. People <laughs> will respect you yeah. if you do this. I'm saying that because that matters so much to me, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to matter to you too, bro. Exactly. I mean, right? Yeah. That we're witnessing a fragile, just an eggshell of a human being. It's sad. It's... I'm not fucking saddened by it. Fuck him. Well, no, I'm not sad for him, but it is tragic. Oh, for sure. Well, any other person. It's sad for everyone else. Look, anybody else who didn't throw kids into cages and rip them away from their parents never to see them again. Anybody else who didn't tear gas peaceful, lawful protesters a block away from the White House. Any other person who didn't. Uh, oversee a bungled response to this pandemic that a third of a million people have died because of. Yeah. I'm a little sad. Now this fucking guy. Yeah. So like I said, I'm not sad. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm not sad for him, but it is sad. Cause he's a, he's a, he's a guy. Sad. <laughs> That's how I feel. Sad. Yeah. So anyway, th- like I said, What's to come? There, Who knows? There were there were uh, uh, roughly an hour and two minutes, other than what you just heard. But it's it's basically that's all you need. There are some pretty remarkable moments if you have the time and you want to just put it on the background. I think it's worth it. Um, I think MSNBC or NBC has it on their YouTube channel. Um, really, it's it's pretty goddamn crazy. Washington Post originally got the audio they have published the entire call and then also wall street journal yeah yeah which you know fuck the wall street journal you don't need to give well, it's probably Rupert behind a, any money it's probably behind a paywall quite yeah, they're, they're stingy as fuck the right? only thing they let you read is that op-ed about how jill biden shouldn't be called a doctor that's the only thing they'll let you read for free because <laughs> they really want to get that point they out are there. the worst and then they also ran a like defense of scrooge on Christmas, did you see that? What? Yeah, like in defense of Scrooge. <laughs> I mean, really, all it is is a is a gussied up New York Post. That's what the Wall Street Journal is. Sure. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, in in defense of Scrooge McDuck. Is, Scrooge McDuck or Scrooge Dick? Oh, I guess Scrooge Dickens. He got redeemed. Scrooge McDuck. You mean diving into to, to coins and like doing backstrokes? It wasn't on Scrooge in, McDuck, oh. but it's all the same character, right? <laughs> It's all the same character. Yes, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> anyway, we want to know what you feel about this. We want to know what your what your thoughts are for the new year. What are you looking forward to? We want to hear from you. If you would like to sound off, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Listen, everybody, we're almost done with Donald Trump. He is almost out of our hair on a day-to-day basis. He's not going away. We've talked about it a lot. Trumpism will remain. Matt Gates is still a congressman. Ted Cruz is still in there. Matt, Matt, Matt Hawley is still in there. Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley is still... <laughs> did I call him Matt today on the video? <laughs> oh, no. Um, listen, it, they're not going anywhere. These assholes are still around us. They're going to be here. 
and they represent what Trump represents. Therefore, he's not going away. It's just not going to be on an everyday basis. Anyway, speaking of assholes, let's wrap this up. It's the asshole of today. The Soho Karen Maya Ponsetto. The Soho K- Oh, I know who this is. I know who this is. Yeah, she attacked the 14-year-old because she accused him of stealing an iPhone. She's the white girl, the little entitled white girl who literally assaulted a, a, a black child. Yeah. Accusing him of stealing her iPhone. Yeah, he was four- he's 14 years old. Yeah. He's the son of Kenyon Harold, uh, an American jazz trumpeter. And they were in a hotel in New York City and in the lobby. And she accused the 14-year-old of stealing her iPhone. And she demanded that he show it to her, take off the case. Like, she was making all of these... Yeah, all the burden of proof was on him. All of these demands of this 14-year-old. And his dad jumped in and was like, no, my son doesn't need to prove anything to you. Figure yourself out. The hotel manager steps in and starts asking the child to show her the phone. The hotel manager of the hotel that Kenyon Harold and his son Kenyon Harold Jr. were staying in, the hotel that the girl was not staying in. Yes. yes. He was a guest. The, 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 the girl wasn't. Exactly. Maya Ponsetto. So Kenyon Harold took video of this. Luckily, he took video of this and posted it to his Instagram, which got like over 3 million views, I think. Here's what he posted. Please. This is my phone. You don't have to explain nothing to her. Are you kidding me? You feel like there's only one one iPhone made in the world? No. Okay, then show me the No, you get get a life. You lost man. You better go use find find my iPhone. Go do that. News released footage of the hotel surveillance camera, and it actually shows her tackling the kid. Yeah, and bringing him to the ground. And so, well, let's spoiler alert: it wasn't her phone. Her phone she left in an Uber, right? Which they brought back to her. Which they brought back to her while everybody was there, and she didn't apologize. Did not apologize. So I love these headlines that are being written about her. Um, <laughs> This happened in a hotel, and then she had another instance in February where she was asked to leave a hotel in Beverly Hills with her mom. Because she was drunk or something, Yeah, right? there was a public intoxication charge. And so this New York Post headline says, New details emerge about Soho Karen Maya Ponsetto's penchant for going berserk in hotels. <laughs> 
Leave it to the New York Post, man. Do something wrong in a hotel <laughs> twice and you're going berserk. You have a penchant it's for a it. It's a penchant for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, not that I'm crying tears over this person who tackles children in hotel lobbies because of Well, are, do we false know if, do we know if charges are going to be uh, filed against her because you don't get to grab a kid. You don't get to tr- tackle a kid. You don't get to drag a kid to the ground because you think he took your iPhone when in fact he did not. That you were a dumbass and you left your phone in an Uber. This is again the same situation we we, we talked about months ago when the the woman in the in Central Park was accusing, calling nine one one, telling the black guy, "I'm gonna I'm gonna call nine one one and tell me you're assaulting me." This is the same thing. The burden of proof does not lie on the child. It's not the kid's responsibility or the dad of the kid's responsibility to prove he didn't steal. The burden of proof is on the accuser, not on the accused. So I, she hasn't been arrested. I know that the police were looking for her because they wanted to charge her with assault. I can't find any update on that. Now that she has been identified, it seems like they would be able to move forward with that. She's from California. She's not from New York, which is where this took place. So I don't know if she's back in California. I don't know how yeah. all those logistics work. We'll follow up. Yeah, we'll definitely keep following it, but... I think this seems to be pretty straightforward, like you said, uh, a case of an entitled woman who felt like she could put hands on a child and accuse him of stealing something that she left in an Uber and then didn't even care to make an apology Yeah. when she realized that she was wrong after tackling a child. I mean, it's remarkable. And this... this um, hotel manager should also do some self-reflection yeah. in that audio from the Instagram video that you just played where he's saying that he's just trying to help by finding a resolution. You're not trying to help by finding a resolution. You're making a false accusation and having someone prove to you that they didn't steal a phone. They don't need to do that. Absolutely. Figure it out. Ugh. Wait for the Uber to come back. How about that? How about how about standing up for your your customer? Yeah, I mean even even if we take the race element out of this, which you can't do, you don't stick up for the rando that's in the lobby. Mm-hmm. You you look out for the interest of the people that are paying you, right? But that's again where the race issue comes back in, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway, again, we'd love to know your thoughts six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Email us. I doubt it at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We'd love your support. Go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We will see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.